I'm Ramel London and welcome to the Mainstream Podcast. Today I'm so excited to be sitting down with one of my oldest presenter friends. He's dominated possibly every form of radio format there is, from community to national to commercial, even hospital radio. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, he's an award-winning student radio star who's gone on to be the most entertaining person I know and definitely knows how to get us home on time and in good spirits. Um, from Four Music's Trending Live to hosting at Glastonbury and even dropping it like it's hot on the decks at some of our favourite festivals, I'm so happy to welcome broadcaster and my Ooh. former lead student radio Lazy Eskimo co-host. Oh wow. Yes sir. Yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what's mad? I've been I've been watching your intros for like years and I finally get one. Yay! I finally I made it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I got you, bro. Yeah. I got you. And welcome to the mainstream, Yasser. Thank you. Thank you for having us, man. This is nice, isn't it? It's this all is right. cool. It's alright. It's alright. She give me like water and stuff. <laughs> Bottled. Wasn't pre-opened. You're so welcome. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Well like I said We've known each other a long, long time. time. And um, I'm glad we get, get to actually talk properly yeah. without it being like a 20 second link. So Yeah, yeah no, that's all we have. <laughs> Commercial radio. Um, but as long as I know you, there's still lots of stuff I actually don't know about yeah. you and your journey. So I'm really excited to dive in. Okay, man, Are you ready? let's go, let's go, let's dive. Okay, let's good, dive. good. Because first things first. Go on. What's this I hear about you originally being on CBBC Working at CBBC at the age of 12. Yeah, did you what? not know? Did not know that. How do you not know that? I don't know how I don't know oh, that. Oh, right, yeah, So man. what happened? What was that? Yeah, so I, that was, so, all right, so remember when, like, you watched TV when you were a kid watching CBBC, and then they'd be like, oh, email in for your shout-outs, right? Okay. I thought they meant email in if you want to get on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's go, bro. So I'd email all the time, they'd air me, they'd give me a shot on the TV, then they'd air me. Then I just kept messaging, oh, I want to be on TV, I want to be on TV. And then one day, like, and I'd leave like my dad's mobile number. And then one day, <laughs> yeah, and one of them, one of the producers rang my dad. And I was like, what's he been up to? Like, what's he done? And he's like, oh no, he's, we've got this thing that we want him to get involved in. And my dad's okay. like, oh, what's his thing? Like, oh, we're, we're basically looking at different regions in the UK. Yeah. And we want to get kids from across the UK to come together and talk about their accents on TV. Oh, okay. Would you want to do that? Because you're from Manchester. And I, my dad's like, yeah, let me ask him. And then my dad's like, what's this about some accents? And I'm like, what did I do? And oh, I'm like, okay. internet's still new at this point. I'm like, what, did I sign up for something or whatever? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, cool. I, like, we organised it. My dad was like, yeah, he'd love to come down. He's always been wanting to get on TV. They then flew me down. What? Yeah, they flew me. A plane? On an aeroplane. Not private. <laughs> no, but, it. Like, wait, from gonna... Manchester to where? From Manchester to London. They, what? Why they, do you need I a plane? Don't I don't know. I think my dad just finessed it. He's like, oh, BBC, is it? Yeah? <laughs> no, my son only wants to uh, get a plane, you know? <laughs> like, that is hilarious. <laughs> he was like, train? Do you know who he is? <laughs> like, <laughs> so Fair. he was like, yeah. So, yeah, they flew me from. Manchester Airport to London. I didn't even realise you can get flights that short. It was like I, a 20 minute flight. That's why I asked because the mm-hmm. car is perfectly fine. So is the train, but My okay. My dad's like, no, fly me down. Then yeah, the flew was down. And then I did like live TV on a show called Exchange. Oh my remember? gosh, yeah. Yeah, with that weird like octopusy logo. With, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So I did that. And when I did that, I don't know how, but I just started like thinking, right, if, if I want to get on TV more, I need to chat to these producers. I so don't wait, know where. he was 12? I was probably or, about 10 at this point. Oh, 10, so 11. even younger? Yeah, yeah, Jeez. Yeah. I was really young at this point. Because then, like, when I was there, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, That's amazing. I don't want to do maths. I don't want to do science. Like, this is, this is sick. And then I remember, like, getting a tour of the studios and I was just like, right, this producer's the one that got me here. Surely he can get me here again. Okay. And then, um, yeah, and then I just like, and then I told my dad, I was like, oh, like, let's stay in touch with this guy. And then I was like, cool. And then, um, I think a, month, a couple of months later, I then emailed the producer because I had his, I had my dad's email and then I had that producer's email to my dad to like organise all like the travel and all that. Emailed him, I'm like, I really want to get on TV. Can you sort something out? And he yeah. goes, oh, actually, yeah, we've got this thing called Backstage Pass where we send kids behind the scenes to go check out TV you shows. were working. Yeah, I was on it. Wow. Son of an immigrant right here. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> yo, how do we get this paper? Oh it my wasn't gosh. paid. Um, yeah, oh, it I'm, wasn't paid. I'm, to be fair, you as a child. It's like 11. I think they paid my dad, but it was like... You'll never know. I don't know. <laughs> he bought a new car a few weeks later. 
like, that's dad's secret dad, now. Where'd you get this from? What's happening? You got nice shoes on today. What's happening? That's crazy. Um, yeah. So then they took me down again. And then from there I did, I did that shoot. Then I did another one in Shropshire where I had to like, I pretended to be like a spy, like a kid spy going behind the scenes. It was all like behind the scenes kind of stuff that I was doing. But that is yeah goals for like it a 10 year old yeah and i did that regular i'm talking like every couple of months that i'd do a shoot till i was about about 14 oh my gosh yeah so no. you were definitely i was on it i was you like you knew what you wanted i wanted to get on yeah but then so as soon as i hit 14 i was like oh sick like asian parents don't normally let the kids do this i've, I've got like Fair. really cool parents and then i hit 14 and my dad's like gcse's on the way you gotta stop this no yeah but not in like a malicious way he was just like look Buckle down, focus yeah, on this. He was for a like, minute. let's be realistic, right? He's okay. like, and also at the same time, you got to realize like, no one, no one Asian was on TV. You had Connie Hook, and yeah, that was true. it. Like, think about there's no other Asian on TV apart from being a stereotype. Yeah. So my dad, like, if you think about it, he was smart. He was like, you're not, you're not actually gonna get on TV because that's not what you know. What I mean, presenters don't look like you. Fair. So I don't wow. want you to put all your eggs in one basket, and then when it comes to it, you've got no backup. Oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah, that's true. So then... Um, that's some real talk for a teenager, boy. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, we start, that's why we're all doctors, mate. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then um, I put my head down, did uni and all that. Um, did, uh, did GCSEs, did college. And then when I got to uni, mm. I think that's when I met you. Yes. Shouts to Dan Hills, by the way. He introduced us. He did. Do you know what I mean? Him. Shouts to him. I'm the richest man I know. Oh, Oh, I guess he's the richest man I know too, though. He's loaded, you know. Oh, is it? Yeah. DJing is doing all right. (laughs) But no, going back to that. Yeah. So, okay, you've had your taste of like the creative industry, I guess, from a very young age. Yeah. But you actually studied graphic art and design at uni. And architecture. And architecture. Yeah, I did architecture, graphic art. So where did that come from? Because you was already clearly like TV, TV. You could have done that, no? What happened? Yeah, yeah, so that's what... So I, I wanted to do media at uni. Yeah. Because, like, at that time, that was before, like, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So yes. it was like, if you want to get on TV, you get a degree. Yeah. And then you do the profession, innit? 100%. So if you want to be a doctor, you do medicine, you do the profession. Whatever you want to do, you do the degree and do a profession. So my parents were like, you should do something that's not related to it. Okay. Because if by the off chance it works, cool, go for it. Yeah. But if it doesn't, you don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, my dad was a taxi driver at the time and he was like, you're going to work long hours. I don't want you to work those kind of long hours. Oh, bless him. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. just trying to look out for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then I did architecture, hated it, absolutely hated it. And then at the end of the course, I did um, a graphic art and design as well. And then... So these are two separate courses? Yeah, two separate courses. So okay. I, did, I did first architecture and then... I didn't do very well in architecture. Oh, okay. We don't talk about that. Don't talk, don't about, talk that. about Bruno. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, how do I get a proper degree? And then I did graphic art and design. Fine. Blagged it. That's the one you put on your LinkedIn. Fine. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one I got a certificate for. Nice. And then, um, <laughs> but yeah, but at the same time is when like, I guess YouTube started and that's when me and you connected a lot more because. Definitely. It was like, you get a camera, you can put it on YouTube and then people watch it. Yeah. And it was like, well, you don't have to send it out to an exec. I mean, I feel like we were still trying to figure out yeah. how to get noticed. Because that's yeah. what I was going to ask, actually. Like, did you, after doing uni, did you have a plan of how can I get back into the industry? Like, obviously, because it's not that you took time out, but like you studied yeah. on your GCSEs, you studied your A-levels and uni. Yeah. So was there kind of like, oh, how do I get back to that kind of vibe? Yeah, it was. I think it was also the environment you're in. I was very fortunate, and not to keep name dropping you, but you were part of that friend circle. And there was, Fair, yeah. like I'm saying, like it was Dan. And there was all these people in Leeds where I would do my architecture. And then as I'm done, I'd be I'd be out in the clubs, not raving, but with the DJs, yeah. and with that circle. Yeah, yeah. And someone like Dan would be like, okay, instead of just standing there, bro, why don't you get a camera and film something? And I'm like, okay. sick. Then I'd film promo videos for him. Like I'd just do the filming and he'd go edit. And he would be like, oh, wait, why don't you like do something funny at the beginning because he goes, you're cracking jokes with all the time. Yeah. Let's put that on camera. And then he did a night called Sticky Feet and he was like, just talk to the people outside. Just Sick. chat rubbish. Did that. And then I remember at a time, actually, there was a, I think it was a club called Kiss My Teeth. Oh my gosh, that remember? sounds familiar. So, Why uh, do I feel so like I did is, a voiceover for that? You, no, you, 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 you hosted <laughs> I it. I did something you for hosted. it. So I remember, right, it was me, you, 
It was a guy called James Mush- um, Ignition. Yeah, James, yeah. DJ, DJ Ignition. Ignition, yeah. I can never pronounce his surname. <laughs> Mushabash. Um, Mushabash. I always remember that. <laughs> sorry, um, just putting his government out there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yo. <laughs> sorry, James. <laughs> James. Um, and then, so I remember that time T4 wanted a presenter and you applied. Oh, stop digging up the no, old. No, no, we got, <laughs> because this was. Yeah, it's true. Everyone did. thought I was going to blow. <laughs> no, but yo, you got an audition. I think yeah, I did get an audition, but it didn't go. It didn't. It didn't go anywhere past that. But I re- genuinely remember though. those times yeah. we all had each other's back. Proper. Any content we needed, Fun. like yo, holler at James, holler at Yasser, holler at Dan. We're gonna make this bang. Yo, like we were, yeah, we were yeah. doing content. That was important though. Yeah, I feel that was like because when that's you what got, I mean, we we're figuring it out. Like figuring it yeah, out. And yeah. When you got T four. That's when I was I mean, like, I didn't get T four. You got T4 in it. But that's what made me realise, like, yo, Ramel's getting... Like, yo, let's 10x this. Let's do it. Let's mm. let's put everything we got into this because this might actually work. How is How how are, like, these London execs getting Ramel to come down? I don't even remember how. It was a sick audition, that's why. It must have been tape. good. I don't know But it I made did. me realise, okay, cool, like, people pay attention. Like, this is how you do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool, let's just put out more content, more videos on YouTube. And then I started street interviews. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I always get on Blue Peter. And then remember you did, you, did, you did an audition for Blue Peter. I did. Yes. Flopped it. <laughs> Flopped. We were young. We were trying. Yo. <laughs> shooting our shot. Clearly. I forgot it was a kid's show. And he was like, have you ever worked with kids before? I'm like, I got, I, I, I've, I've seen kids. <laughs> like, they're in this, Never mind. I don't know. There's, yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of brings me back to the point of university. You milked it. Like, yeah, man. In the best way possible. Like, so... A lot of people don't know that you was pretty much the face of Leeds Student Radio at one point. <laughs> because not yeah. only did you present numerous shows from the Lazy Eskimo show that you brought me on, um, you had your special specialist Asian Beats music show as well. And then you went on to win Best Male Presenter and Best Specialist Music Show at the Student Radio Awards, which means... You're in the radio world of like all the gods. Mad. <laughs> yeah, like they 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 judge it, don't they? L- like literally, everyone in radio yeah. knows about the student radio awards. Like, yeah. It's a big deal. So, for you, what was the benefit of signing up and like getting involved with all these like radio stations, like student radio and the awards, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it was more trying to get recognised, isn't it? Like, how do you how do you do it? And I think previously. The best male award, I I wasn't meant to enter that. I, I wanted best newcomer because okay. I had only done radio for like six months, and then I was like, and I think I was talking to my dad, and he was like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm entering these. God, I'm not gonna do best male, and he goes, why not? I goes, just do it. Why not? It's free in it. I was like, it was ten pound. He's like, I'll give you ten. Just do it. <laughs> oh, bless. So I was just like, I oh, forget. Fine, I'll do it. Your dad's a real one, you know. Yo, he's he is, isn't it? <laughs> he's a real one. <laughs> he was like. He was like Project Mbappe, but in the radio world. Do you know what I mean? He's like, that's Love my it. retirement. Literally, <laughs> literally. Um, but yes, yeah, so when I entered them awards, I didn't get Best Newcomer and I was fuming. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, I flopped it. And then, because the Best Mills announced at the end. Okay. And then when I got Best Mill, I'm like, this is, this is odd. But then as I got that, the execs at Radio 1 got in touch. No way. Yeah. And then my agent, who still represents me now, he got in touch. From yeah. that, from back from then. Back then, yeah. From the nomination, he sent me a message. He was like, "Oh, I've, I've seen your stuff. Oh Let's my chat. gosh! Yeah, to this day, he's my only agent. I've only ever worked with I him. I mean, if he's believing in you from then, from day what, I'm was, what, not 19? Yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised. Like that's love, yeah, right? That's yeah. your boy. Can't leave him, man. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it sounds like you were on a roll because not only did you win at the Student Radio Awards, you also won best. On-screen melt and best comedy for presenting work at your student TV show, yeah. Met TV. So um, how was you able to balance all of these, like, like by the sounds of it, yeah. a degree? Yeah. Being on student radio, student TV, and, nice. like, also filming content outside of it. How was it, like, balancing all of that at uni? It well, the thing is, because I, I don't drink, innit? Oh, that helps. So, yeah, so I, like, hangover and stuff, like, I don't know. Like, You're just like, getting on with it. I'm just getting on. Every morning I've got energy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then going out, I wasn't going out to like like club and stuff yeah. like that. Because I felt awkward clubbing. Like, Fair. Because like, I didn't like that whole, and, and I wasn't very social. 
So, what? So I was quite antisocial. Apart from from Uzla, yeah, I'm like, friend circle. You're the opposite of antisocial. <laughs> yeah, it comes across that. But <laughs> I didn't like going out and meeting people and just chatting to people. I don't know. I didn't like that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Unless it was for like with Uzla, with our friend group, it was always cool because yeah. like we like you said, we had each other's backs. We'd be hanging out with each other all the time. Like that's your family, isn't it? But then going out, I just didn't like it. So if I went out, it'd be with the DJ lot, and that'd be DJ, so that'd be work. So yeah. I was just constantly on job. Do yeah, you know what definitely. Mean? And then my degree, we don't really talk about that. So um, you were just there for the student radio awards. <laughs> I was there. I was there. I'm fine. I'll just do whatever this is. Um, yeah, man. But I, I didn't really like the studying element of everything as well. So I hate you. I yeah, man. Well, you did amazingly in terms of like creating opportunities for yourself. Um, but really specifically, when you left uni. And, you know, did you go back to Manchester straight away? Or yeah, was... yeah, yeah. So... I was in money for that summer. Right. So yeah. what was the plan in terms of like, because obviously now you live in London full time. Yeah. Back then, what was it looking like in terms of how am I going to be a presenter? Like, how can I make this a full time gig? Like, what was yeah. you thinking? What was the plan at the time? Yeah, that was mad. Yeah. Um, there was no plan, you know. Really? Because I, so I did, I stayed on for another year to be president of the uni. Okay. All right. Just, because, let me just pick up your little uh, accolade there. Student politics. <laughs> um, so I stayed on to do that. And then, which I thought gave me another year to figure stuff out. Didn't figure anything out. Fine. And then when I left, when I graduated and all that, and then, yeah, so did the president thing. Then I went home in like June time. Mm-hmm. That's when that job finishes. Went home and then... I had like I think I I, I did like a, a week of overnight cover on Capital at the time. No way. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was a very like I do. I'd, I'd go into the studios and shout to Brent for this. I go into the studios and he'd let me come and just mess about. And it was uh, Brent oh. who's what live broadcast. Mess no, about. no, just the mess oh, about okay. off air. <laughs> did that off air, off air, and then Brent would like critique because and he didn't have to. I was just some random kid just kept emailing Brent. And okay. I was like, okay, cool. Can you just check out my demo? Then you do it. Blah, this is good. This isn't. Then he kept checking it out. And then he was like, just do a week of overnights. But I want you to do crunch and roll links. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then he was like, just just learn this. Every single song, at the end of it, this is what you're saying. And I did it for a week and then didn't hear nothing back after that. And then um, and then I just like, I was like, right, this is it. There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing that's going to happen. I mean, that's a big deal. Especially the fact that you... Already had interest from Radio One yeah. off the back of uni. You're now doing overnights on Capital. Like you were in. Yeah, you were in, but then there's nothing there's nothing signed. Do you know what I mean? There's no contract signed. You haven't got a gig. Okay. You're just someone they're like, Oh yeah, you're good. And then yeah. you got an age, you got all these you've got all these like promises on the table. Okay, fair. Do you know what I mean? And in the, in this industry you get loads of promises all the time. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So you kind of, I was kind of like, I don't know, there's nothing concrete. So I'm applying for jobs, applying for architecture jobs, applying for like local jobs and stuff. And then I remember I got an email from Bobby Friction, uh, who I'd met about a year or two before. And when I won Best Mail, he uh, was on the phone to me saying, oh yeah, try to do this, this, this. That's amazing. And then as I got a call from Bobby Friction, um, he was like, Asian Network are looking for someone to do Friday nights. Okay. You'd be sick. And then I was like, oh, okay, um, sure, let's sort it out. Yeah, cool. And then he put me in touch with Mark Stripple, who was the head of Asian Network at the time. Yeah. And I remember I was doing one of those, um, you know, those sales jobs when you like work for charity, but you're on the street trying to stop people. Oh, gosh, yeah. He was one yeah. of those. I was doing that. And then <laughs> I got a call off this unknown number. I'm like, who the hell is this? And then I went to the side, answered it, and it was Mark. And Mark's like, yeah, um, we've heard your demo. Oh, yeah, so I, I did a pilot. Oh, okay, then, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, fair I did a pilot. When did the pilot happen? The pilot happened, like, I think probably, like, July time, maybe. So, and th- at this point, it was autumn Yeah, it's sort of end of August. Yeah, mm, actually, no, beginning of July, no, beginning of July, I did the demo. Yeah. And then didn't hear nothing. And then it was end of July, beginning of August, when mm. I was doing this job, right, the, okay. on the streets job. Okay. Got a call. I'm trying to give everyone a perspective of the timeline of the industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it can either happen really quick or really slowly. Yeah, basically. So I'd finished uni in June, got a pilot. So this call from Bobby Friction came end of June. Beginning of July, went down to get a pilot. Yeah. Did the pilot. I think I flopped that pilot because it was not very good. Okay. And then didn't hear nothing. Then I got this job on the street. I was like, all right, cool. Let me just get some money in. <laughs> and then Mark Stripple then rang me. 
And then I was went to the corner, answered the phone. This is Manchester City Centre. Went to the corner, answered the phone, and Mark, Mark's like, like, "Have you got an agent and stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." He goes, okay. "All right, cool. Can you put me in touch because I might have some good news for you?" Ooh. And I'm like, "Yes, made it. Quit the job there and then." Oh, <laughs> Ding. yeah. I'm like, "Yo, keep your paper." I'm about there. to be rich. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then I went down, and then my agent. I remember going to my agent's office. He used to work for a company called Wise Butter. Yeah. Went to see him and then he was like, I think they're going to offer you something. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, something's about to happen here. This is about to be the big... He goes, you're going to remember this meeting forever. Oh my god! And I'm like, look, I've had all these promises for years. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he goes, nah, there's too many people backing you. Because you had Ben Cooper at the time. He was backing me. You had an agent. You had all these people, like you're saying, all yeah. these people were backing you. But nothing happened. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went down, yeah. went to the BBC cafe, sat down and he was like, we've got Friday nights. If it's all right, would you would like for you to be the presenter? Oh my gosh, of course it's all right with me. Me, I was like, <laughs> and then my agent was like, we'll, I, we'll talk about this and get back to you. And in my head, I'm like, flipping confirm this now. <laughs> and then uh, when, and then as soon as I got out, he like shook my hand. He goes, you did it. And I was like, Aww. sick. Yeah. That's a moment. Then, that was a moment. I went to Burger King and ran my brother. And my brother was like, why are you calling me up my sleep? <laughs> and then I ran my dad and my dad was like, yeah, well done. And, then, and that was it. And then my agents like just moved to London. Oh yeah, he was like, just do it, just do what you can do to move to London. What was what was the logistics of that? Did you have money to do that? Like how how he was did... like, get the money together because do what you got to do. Wow. So this, uh, so this, I don't think I've told anyone this before. Oh my god. So what I did was, and I, morally might be wrong, but I did it. <laughs> okay, all right. No, nothing like that. So <laughs> I I carried the Olympic torch. Yes, I saw yeah. that on your. On, I was deep diving on your. Uh, Yo, on you're your going in. Research, isn't it? So I. <laughs> I carried the Olympic torch because I was president of the uni and they had like oh, a okay. partnership with the uni. Then I was the first Muslim British Asian to be president of the uni and it was like oh, quite amazing. a big thing for them. Like, so I was like, all right, cool. Carry that and then you get to keep the torch. You yeah. pay £100 for it, but you get to keep it, right? Fair enough. So I kept that and then when my agent was like, just try and move to London because when opportunities come, you got to be there. Yeah, fair. And then I'm like, you got a point. Spoke to my dad. My dad's like, I can try and give you like some money. Aww. I think he gave me like a grand or something. And I mean, then it's a start. It's a start, but then I needed money for at least six months. I needed rent, that kind of thing. So then I, I rang one of my mates who let me stay in his place for like three hundred pounds for like four months, which was very nice of them. Yeah. And then I still needed money, so then I sold my car, okay. and then I sold that Olympic torch because <laughs> that, that's the only thing I had. And I'm like, bro, what's this doing here? Like. What? It doesn't light. Like, what the that heck? is hilarious. Yeah. So then morally, I was like, but it's, it's a, like, I'm meant to give this to my kids, aren't I? <laughs> no. And then. We got to pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, yeah, God. I sold it, but I sold it to a school. Okay, that's good. So I was like, at least there's some. Was it more than 100 pounds? It was like two and a half grand, you know. What? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Money happened. I was like, run up my check. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah. And that helped me. Move to London, innit? Clearly. <laughs> you did Balling. the right thing. You I went to a strip right club thing. on the way and I'm joking. <laughs> nah, you did the right thing. That is yeah. genius. But that was, that kept me afloat for a year in London. Wow, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised because then obviously you're getting, you're, you're, you've started working on radio yeah. and it's... But the f the fee for the show was little. I think it was like like £200 a week or something. Like, it wasn't I mean, much. for someone new in the game, yeah. it but ain't then bad. Rent in London was 180 okay. a week. Never mind. So I'm like, man's 20 pounds. Woo. 20 pounds up. Do you know what I'm saying? Rice Damn. and beans. Well, I mean, it sounds like your agent was pretty integral in yeah. your start, which is ama amazing. So for you, and do you ever give advice to, to others about getting an agent? Like, what would you say is important about having an agent? Or do you need an agent at the start of your career? I think it depends on who it is. Like, if. So I had a few agents follow me. It wasn't oh, okay. just my, the one, Sam was the first one. Okay. And then I signed him straight away as in like, and to be honest, I didn't sign. And this is why I'm still like, we worked together. So what, he didn't sign me. He was like, let's work together. Okay. When you make serious money, then I'll sign you. Cause he goes, I'm not going to take 15% off 20 quid. Like, yeah. that's just stupid. Like, what <laughs> yeah. am I going to do that for? And that's when I was like, oh, this is a real one. And then I Definitely. have other agents that are like, you should be on T4. And then back in my head, I'm like, T4 just shut down, but... <laughs> Sure. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Like, you should be on CBBC. You should be this. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I'm on that. And then, yeah. So then an agent, you only need it if you can't do that work yourself. Facts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Agent is like, to me, agent is like a person that has relationships and a, a contacts book, mm-hmm. which you don't have, but you have the talent. Yeah. Now you got to bring your talent to the table. So you got to bring your content or what, do whatever it is. And Definitely. he's then going to sell that or she's going to sell that. Yeah. If you don't, then you're not going to be able to work together. Because you can't just sit there and oh, I got an agent, he'll get me work. You're going to get you nothing. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Do you know what I mean? No, that's, that's amazing. Give him something to work with. And you were definitely working, like like we've established, like, you know, from uni, straight off the bat, you you understood the assignment that content is king. Yeah. And um, again, you were very much making the most of YouTube. Mr. Yazur. Wow. <laughs> You ain't what? heard that in a while, innit? No, man, what? <laughs> Mr. Yazza was your official YouTube channel and uh, you weren't afraid to just like do the unthinkable, unquestionable with your pranks, oh God, yeah, with yeah. your comedy content and all that kind of stuff. You, you're, you're pretty like, much a YouTuber. You're like Nardwa right now. Do you know what I mean? She's bringing things up where I'm like, yo, we don't talk about those pranks, you know? She... The pranks were wild. The pranks were wild. You know, um, like at least four pranks I couldn't upload. I was thinking, I can't lie, when I was going through your YouTube, I'm like, there's stuff missing. <laughs> a lot of it had to come down. I, I'm not yeah. surprised because he, he was Yo. pushing it back then. Yeah, it but was. that's the days when we was watching like, you know, I guess like Ali G was big back yeah. then. And like all phone, jack- phone jacker and all that yeah. kind of stuff was the thing to do yeah. for reality TV. So you was very much in that kind of world yeah. i guess in yeah. a sense but um but were these intentional things to add to your showreel like was you trying to create content for your showreel or was you just just having a laugh yeah it was showreel it was all showreel oh really yeah so it originally started so the first video i ever made was to make a showreel and i was like okay come on he's presented tv did it yeah and then i was walking and the lads at chicken cottage i used to go there all the time because yeah. i used to work opposite chicken cottage at the theater okay so i used to always go oh wait, I- remember that theater and that chicken cottage in Leeds, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Leeds. New Brigade, right? <laughs> so, and I used to go there and then Asians, Asians in it were like, yeah, what are you saying, bro? And then as I'm walking past one day filming this, he like waved at me and I'm like, let me go interview a minute. Yeah. He's, he was the only, the only person I had co- access to interview was the chicken shop, man. And I'm like, let's go. Let's interview him. He's a, he's a contributor. Do you know what I mean? Let's I interviewed him and as I was interviewing him, he didn't speak proper English and I kept asking about his chicken and then I was like, is it real chicken? And then he was like, no, it's not. And then, but he, because oh. he didn't speak proper English. Oh, no. And then I, I think I remember that video. Yeah, I just went in and then I went backstage and just like interviewing the chicken pieces. I think, I don't know, somewhere daft. I was just whatever. And then, yeah. And then from there, that was, I put that on Facebook and it got like 3,000 views. And I'm like, I've only got like 200 friends. Like, what the hell? <laughs> no, back then, then, like, Facebook was where you put content yo. and it. Blue, blue, blue. So Proper. it makes sense. Yeah, it definitely so makes it. sense. I mean, I love that you was an early adopter of like the whole YouTube culture, but also you kind of mentioned it earlier. Like we did have a kind of little collective of creatives that always work together. So like how important do you think it is to have a team working with you, thinking up ideas and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, super important. Because like, like, like you're, you are going to be whatever your peers are going to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You are on the religion of your peers. I think that's a quote from Prophet Muhammad, actually. Okay. You are on the religion of your peers. So, like, for example, when you got on T4, mm. let's just say you got on T4, that was then fuel for me to make another video. I get you. Do you know what I mean? And me making another video was fuel for you yeah. to do something else. 100%. And you doing that was fuel for Dan to go do something else. And then that was it. And then, But it was all love and it was always like, all right, cool. We're not yeah. competition. We're just trying to outwork each other, I guess. Yeah, yeah way, I hear you. In the most friendly way. Mm-hmm. And I think it is super important to get yourself, like obviously sometimes you can't, maybe you, you know, grew up in an area that a lot of people aren't creative, which to be honest, I grew up in Cheetah Mill in Manchester. No one was creative around there. Okay. You were either shot in or you're trying to get to do something daft. You know yeah. I mean? That yeah. was the only thing around there. So yeah. there was none of that. And then when I came to Leeds, I was like, oh wait, there's people like me here. Sick. Yeah. It was a nice so. city of just like people that wanted to just enjoy and create. Yeah. And yeah, definitely good vibes out there. No, it is. I think it's super important. If you surround yourself with people that are on the same goal as you, you're going to all make it. Definitely. Or at I least one that. of you will. Yeah. I love that. Well, you made it, baby. <laughs> you making did. it. My bank account hasn't made it. Oh, okay, fair enough. But we're making you're it. making it. And um, yeah, you definitely, definitely 
took those goals, ran with them, and you went on to present for CBBC, did the CBBC chart show and the playlist. Yeah. You joined the Four Music Presenter Squad, which has seen the likes of Maya Jama, AJ Dudu, and so many other people on Trending Live. And um, also presenting at Glastonbury, Yo. bro. Yo. When I saw that, I was like, he's gone clear. Like <laughs> That for me was like, yeah, Yasa's doing his thing. So how did you make that transition from obviously doing BBC Asian Network and also doing like One Extra, Radio One as well, to then TV? Like this yeah. is the real deal now with TV. Yeah. So how did you make that transition? I think it was quite hard being on Asian Network to do other things. Oh, and I'm really? pretty sure you like, so the annoying thing about this industry is people kind of treat people based on the color of their skin Ooh. and they like to put you in a box so yeah. if you're if you're brown you can only do brown media if you're black what do you mean you want to get into white media stick to your brown uh, black thing yeah, yeah, yeah and if you're white you can do everything but then you can't do the asian thing because that doesn't sound weird but you're not going to want it anyway right yeah that's their attitude that's so unfortunate but yeah it's, true. it's so annoying yeah and when i got into radio especially bbc radio it was like asian network one extra radio one mm. oh you want to mix don't be daft what's wrong with you there's only one or two that I've ever done it. You can't do that. Yeah. And me and my agent were like, all right, watch us then. Love that. That was our attitude. We're like, we're going to do it. We're going to be on every network there is That's somehow. Sick. And then from Asian Network, I was on, because Ben Cooper got me on mm. and he was head of Radio 1, it made it a lot easier for me. Fair. To get on to Radio 1. Having that cosign is important, man. So important. But he only rated the, he rated obviously what I did, but he rated the hustle. Okay. And you could tell he did. And he rated the fact that my dad, he didn't put obstacles in the way, but he made me work to get into radio. Okay, he didn't just fair. say, all right, fine. He's like, no, you can do architecture and then you're going to get in radio. Yeah. And I told Ben Cooper that. My, ben Cooper spoke to my dad about it. And he was like, no, no let him. Way. Yeah, he was like, let, no, he's about to do something big here. Let him do this. Oh my God. And that's when my dad was like, all right, cool. So having someone like that back yeah. you was like sick. So then... Ben Cooper then got me on Radio 1 doing depths. And then when I did Radio 1, One Extra was around the corner, did One Extra. And then that's when everything else opened up. That's when CBBC, Full Music and wow. and Glastonbury and all these other outlets opened up because then I did become that Asian presenter, which the BBC really tried to make me. Mm. Not because there was a particular person doing that. It was the culture of the BBC yeah, for, to do that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, the black person goes there, the Asian person goes there. Yeah, and they don't know any other way. Yeah, yeah. So when I managed to break that stereotype and do that, other people came through as well and started doing that. And it was like, all right, cool. So that's, I think that's what it was. But it shows my agent for doing that because oh. that was his vision. He was like, no, we can. It's not, oh, you stick in there, you stick in there. Because you got the skills, let's do it. Well done. That, you know I mean? that is inspirational right yeah. there. Don't box us in, man. Don't box we us in. do it all. And But the annoying thing was, when it was Asian season or Black History Month, <laughs> Not you managed Asian to f- season. Or whatever they call it. Masala season. Whatever you want to call it. Like, but they'd magically find all these presenters. But then when it comes to big gigs. Yeah. They're gone. So like, was it Black History Month? AJ Dudu and Mo Gilligan did the big breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where was that energy outside of that month? Yeah, right. right. Do you know what I mean? And that's where what, was the energy? Where, and that's, that's what really pissed me off. It was yeah. like, oh, sick. So I can go on radio two breakfast show and talk about ramadan but you're not going to call me for anything else oh my gosh it's so true and that's when i was like all right cool we're, we're about to flip this over then let's go let's actually do it flip it baby flip it i you love I mean? it i love it well you definitely killed it and i love the fact that you're multifaceted so obviously you've got radio you've got <laughs> you've got tv but you're a dj as well which yeah. so your presenting at glastonbury wasn't actually your first time at glastonbury because you've no. dj'd there before which is sick um so how important do you think it is as well for broadcasters to have a little dj dj side to their to you're their a craft? dj as well you know no nah, see, see this is the thing about me yeah depends I, on the check <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah but i can dj but i don't believe that i am a dj for others Mm. Why so, though? What do you mean? I am not your DJ. I am a DJ of my choice. You? <laughs> like I like what I like. Yeah. And that idea of someone like, you know, we, we was around DJs all the time. Mm. Like, play this for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm playing this and then that. I ain't got that. And that. <laughs> That's you're, my you're vibe. Shut up and listen, DJ. But I learned to DJ because I thought it's a good skill to have. Mm. So do you think it's important for, for broadcasters to DJ? Dude, I think you should just learn skills all the time, no matter what it is. Facts. Like edit edit your own videos. I don't like the fact that people sometimes like, 
unless time wise, obviously I get that. Mm. But if you don't know how to edit videos, how are you going to tell someone else how to, you want your video done? So do you know true. what I mean? I think you should learn every skill yourself. That you makes should sense. do it all. But with DJing, it was all because I was surrounded by DJs. I learned. I was stood next to, like I said, Dan again for years just yeah. watching him. Obviously, I'm going to learn how to do it if I've watched him do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, super important. And then DJing opened up so many avenues for me. Definitely. Now, that's when I could do specialist presenting. I've, you know, DJ mixed on, um, made DJ mixes for pretty much every radio station in the country. Amazing. And that was a way to get my name out of there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, money-wise, it's... It's good money. Yo. Like, that's why I actually got into it. Because, funnily enough, so we have been praising Dan Hills, who is an incredible DJ, and... We used to all work at a part of a night called We Play Vinyl. Yeah. I was, a lot of people don't know this. I was yeah. a host. She was, I was sick. I was a host. Oli, oli, oli. All of that. <laughs> all of that. Stealing people's bars and everything. But <laughs> but I rated them so much because they strictly played vinyl. That like mm. all of them played vinyl. And I didn't want to DJ because I didn't want to do a disservice because I thought, yeah. If I'm going to DJ, I need to be on those levels. And I was like, I, I don't have the time to be on those levels. But eventually I was like, you know what? Music passion will see me through it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. being around DJs, you learn so much. Like they taught me not to not to talk during a mix. Yeah. Like don't don't clang over anything. Like let it, let it breathe. Yeah. Let the tune breathe. Like I learned so much music passion mm. from being around those guys. So I definitely understand the idea of having the knowledge of DJing can help so much. And Defo, man. it's done wonders for you, mate. It is, no, it is. It, it really, <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the best DJ at all. No. I mean, you do your thing. Not at all, I mean. You get booked, so that helps. Uh, apart from promoters, I am the best DJ. <laughs> yeah, I am the yes. best DJ if you want to. But no, you're But the experience you get with it, like I've traveled the world with DJing mm. more than presenting. Damn. Yeah, I've done some tours. I've done some sick tours with with like other DJs. I've DJed in like the beaches of Montenegro. I've, I DJed in Serbia. Serbia. What was the occasion? It was an exit festival. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. But I never thought I'd ever end up in Serbia. But I was in Serbia and then we had a coach from there and it was I was um, DJing on the reggae stage because obviously I love reggae music. Amazing. And like bashment music and stuff. So come I was on, on the um, Tell them. Yeah, come on. <laughs> And then I was on, I was literally on a tour bus with like 15 guys who've been doing this for like their whole lives and just, just sharing stories. And then one of them's talking about his time that he's had with so-and-so artists. And this guy's like, oh, I've just recorded with Collie Birds. And this guy's like, oh, oh my I've, I remember when the Whalers did this. And then I was just on tour bus with Bear Herbs, just going across. <laughs> I just, could smell it now. <laughs> I've DJed in Pakistan. That's amazing. I've DJed in America, like as in, that was all that. So yeah, 100% DJing, you got to do it, man. And That's if you're creative, amazing. it's it's part of it, do you know what I mean? Definitely. So your music passion has yeah. definitely, definitely been noticed. And um, you actually ended up spending nine years at the BBC, but then transitioned. Boom. To Capital Extra, baby, in yeah. 2020. I can't believe that was 2022. Or 2021. 21. Was it 2021? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been Are we at, sure? Well, 18 months. Wait, not this January, January before. 2022. Oh yeah, 22? It was 22. 22. I can't lie, because I thought it was 2021. But when I looked online, everything said 2022. 22. That's weird. Because it feels like you've been there forever. COVID just ruined all of our mental Basically. health. Basically. Yeah. But yeah, you joined Capital Action in 2022. Mm. After leaving Radio 1, One Extra, Asian Network, which for me sounds like it, it was a a big transition because yeah. for those that don't know in the radio world like BBC is very like you know it's a format like it's yeah. features and, and you've entered commercial radio so yeah. very very different and I mentioned earlier you've done everything from like hospital radio to community to students so for you what was the difference in moving from the BBC style of radio broadcasting to yeah. like Capital Extra commercial broadcasting yes yeah, very different disciplines Mm -hmm. but you have a team at the BBC you've got a producer assistant producer all that kind of stuff where that extra special show I do it's it's just me and then yeah. obviously you've got support in the station manager and the station producers and the execs they're all helping you but it is essentially you're on your own in the studio yeah Um, but I think so when I moved it was just so COVID have done so I'd done so radio for me had changed quite a lot in those years because I went from you know doing a show where I was the flagship show and I was doing crazy stunts on radio. I think yeah. at one point I like, 
I like was in a Formula One car in Silverstone, just doing a radio link, and then we were at like a crocodile pit doing radio, oh and like gosh. I was skiing. Like my show became really cool in that way, and then yeah, then all of a sudden Boris did COVID. that announcement, mm-hmm. everything stopped. Yeah, and then I had to go from that crazy radio to oh wait, everyone's going through something. You got to kind of everyone's gonna. There's gonna be more people listening to you. Yeah. So you got to really like change your whole style and Damn. relate to these people that are going through the madness right now because mm. people are losing lo- loved ones. People are, don't know what's happening. There's no vaccine. There's this thing that's after us. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I'm still having to go to radio every day. I didn't have one day off. Yeah, because at this point you was doing Asian Network Drive, I was right? doing Asian Network Drive. And yeah. then I was also doing one and one extra. I think I did a few shows on one extra uh, weekend breakfast, I think, or something like that. Okay. So I was still doing loads of shows but oh then gosh. because my show was in court hours as they call it i was seen as essential worker yeah i remember those days yeah we were actually allowed to be outside outside i was like oh, thank you 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 rate my job that much <laughs> i'm essential and then yeah so i would go every single day and then the discipline of the shows were completely different and then i was doing this weird not weird i'd say just very basic radio mm. and then from there transition to capital extra so i was used to changing my show format quite a lot fair so when i moved to extra it didn't feel too alien it was like okay cool now i gotta do it this way yeah just as i was before definitely and then even doing extra you know a year later the queen then died and i was like then i gotta change you up again yeah so yeah yeah no one i i love that no one knows the pressures of royal deaths Deaths. it's so unfortunate but like Mm. stations prepare for this yeah. for years and i remember you was on i was on air <laughs> you know what and and my producers joked that they were like benny was like she's gonna die when you're on air i'm like no. bro don't like because as a presenter you don't want that pressure no one wants that pressure because you you got announce it and it's like do you remember in school when you used to do the fire drills yeah it's that but in radio with the royal deaths yeah and I've had training at BBC like three, four times where the BBC do this thing called orbit training, mm-hmm. which is where the whole building shuts down basically and we pretend someone's died and everyone's got to act accordingly. So I was quite used to it already. But yeah, I remember doing my show, boss walks in, he goes, they're about to announce it in the next three, four minutes. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I love that. I know this sounds horrible, but... It was so funny watching it in the group chat because <laughs> yeah, we've got a yeah, couple yeah. extra group chat and everyone was kind of like, oh, I think I think the queen might die today, you know? Yeah. And everyone's like, Who, who's on there? Yeah. <laughs> what time? What time you finished? Finished seven, yeah? Ah, it's peak. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like it looked, between four and seven, everyone Gosh. was like, and I think Omar had just started evenings. A week before. So his show got scrapped. Straight. Everyone was like, oh, poor Omar, man. He doesn't even get to do radio. Yeah. Like, Radio and yeah, royalty, crazy, a whole new ball game. It's mad, well I'm done. You mad? I know. Well done for get for it. I forgot for, but th- so I got a call that morning from my producer saying, "Make sure you're in early today." And I was like, "Yeah, feeling a bit techy today." Mm, and then put the news on. Ah, she's ill. Okay, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, moving to commercial radio. I think I <laughs> back Good to segue. the question. <laughs> I think commercial radio for me, I feel. Is, is great. I, I like Global. Mm. I really like the way they do things. Um, I really I like mean, the way you're back, clearly. I'm Your back. first what? ever Overnights on Capital. You might just think the person that put me on Overnights then got me in. It's what? Well, look at that. Be nice to the people on your way up. Oof. <laughs> we ain't even got to the top tips yet. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. But yeah, I remember when I was trying to get out of BBC, he was the guy I hollered. And um, yeah, he got me in for a demo. It was, it was a few people, don't get me wrong. It was yeah. quite a few people involved with the process. Of course. And it was a long, it was like, maybe like two years. What? Yeah, but you See, know. See, these are things years. I didn't know. Did you not know? No. Yeah, so about, I'll tell you the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah, so as COVID happened, I was like, mm, and then the BBC were move, changing management. I was like, mm, I'm not sure. Then they were moving a bit booky with a few other presenters. Mm. And then a few other presenters left. So like, you know, it Mr. Jam, like... Yasmin Evans, and then... Grimmy left and Annie Mack left and I was like, what's, what's going happening? on? Yeah. These are my favourite presenters and my favourite people here. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? And then yeah, we were like, right, let's let's plan our plan our exit. Where do you want to go? For me, straight up Capital Extra. 
Amazing. Like, capsule or capsule extra. Any of them two brands. I love what they do. I love the people that work there because they have friends there. Yeah. Hello, hi. I'm friends. So, and then, <laughs> yes, then we hollered um, Greg, who I've known for such a long oh time. Oh my gosh. Greg Hughes, right? Greg Hughes. He was also lead LSR. student radio Yo. manager and now is a manager like major player at global look Huge. at that yo it all everything connects man yeah. you know on your way up the things you do and the people you meet you gotta realize everyone's gonna elevate yeah at the same true. time so when you get to the top they're gonna so the station manager or the producer you had at student radio or community radio or if you're like whatever if you got a podcast and you've hired someone to do your thing and you're both at college by the time you're 24 years in, into your careers you're yeah. both going to elevate unless you did too much stupid you're going to stay but you're going to you're both going to elevate do you know what I mean yeah it's true and that's what I feel like even with full music as well a lot of the people there were people I used to roll with back at uni oh my god made it there amazing do you know what I mean so yeah and then Holly Greg got, went in for a pilot as meant to actually do Capital oh yeah went in for a pilot there and then we did a few and had very good feedback and then it was like Mm, I like hip hop and R&B though There And then we did the pilot And then did pilots for a while like, Understandable Maybe like three, four, four Oh over, that's quite a lot while. actually Yeah But there's no slots You gotta think mm. There's no slots And also I'm coming from a Different disciplines So how do we make me Less BBC more commercial Fair Do you know what I mean Yeah and that makes sense Did that and then Heard nothing for a long time And then all of a sudden When it was time to go got a call and everything happened really quickly after that yeah because i remember like the week before they were like someone's new coming okay bye <laughs> i wanted to tell you man i can imagine because i was like Ramel's the only like one of my good friends there how do i not tell her but tell her and then you I just like, showed up <laughs> but i was told strictly yo mm-mm. yeah the radio world they keep things tight-lipped oh, for yeah. so long so i know but then i thought people might clock on because i left bbc what that three-month window and there's that three months, which a lot of people didn't clock on. What's going like? Sometimes you do clock it, because but then sometimes people yeah. don't move on to another station. They just sort of just do their thing. So, yeah. but that three three months. If someone leaves, give it three months. If the yeah, an announcement's coming. Yo, yeah, because <laughs> I left in September twenty January. <laughs> give it three months. Three months. You'll see. Yeah, that was. No, you're smashing it, man. Yeah. I love hearing yeah, you on well. the airways. Like definitely. Just bring vibes when it's, you know, that time when you're driving home. It's always good vibes. So well done for everything Thank you've you, achieved. Um, what is something you wish you knew before you got into the whole broadcasting biz? That racism's real, man. Oof. Racism's real. Damn. And it's... Oh, he's getting calm. And it's, oh, about to yeah, let me, let me spread some knowledge. No, racism in the fact that... Obviously, we know racism there, but... As, is it a day boy goes, you got to work 10 times harder than your white peers or something? What's that bar? I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> but you know, like growing up, a lot of people say, oh, you got to work 10 times harder mm, yeah. than the other person. Yeah. And I think that's real. And I didn't I didn't really take that on as much. I was like, yeah, but if I do the same amount of this person, it'd be all right. Yeah. And then when I started getting gigs, like when it was like me versus someone else and they happened to be white and they'd get it with a quarter of the work I'm putting mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, what? But I'm on like three different TV shows right now, bro. What's wrong with you? Like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. My mom's literally just come out of whatever. Yeah. Like, how is this? Okay, cool. Or like, when it got to a point where, say if I messed up on air, mm. right? I missed the news, for example. Missed the news. Be like, he's a terrible presenter, he missed the news. But then the other guy would do it and be like, oh, classic him. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh funny oh oopsie he you missed the news hilarious and i'm like bro what you mean? like like this is and realized, a crime and i was like okay because different rules for me it's different rules wow. for you and i didn't realize that getting into the industry i was i was quite like no it's not things are changing things are changing yeah things aren't changing people just don't say it to your face i mean that's what it is that if is I knew. real yeah, yeah. I, I guess it is the be prepared for yeah you know there are going to be challenges it's a bumpy road mm. but you've proven i think i think it's such a testament of what you said earlier you've proven that don't let them box you in you can break those barriers you can do as many things as you set your sights on so yeah and you've done it man thank you man it's, it's the, still doing it it's the cards god's given you in it mm-hmm. you can't just sit there and complain about the cards you gotta play them I mean. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Ooh, ooh, it sounds like ooh. Yasser is ready to drop some gems. Yo, uh, I should start a meme page. 
Do you know what I mean? A meme page. With all these quotes. Do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll work on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that. no... This is the part where you get to really give us your your top tips for the mainstream. So, Yasser, do you have five top tips for the mainstream for us? Ooh, five. Yeah, let's go. All right. Um, don't look at other people because that's just going to like... Because you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what, what background work they've done. Yeah. If you're comparing your career to someone else, it's just always going to be... Mm. Um, never do that because I'm pretty sure people compare their careers to me and feel really upset. So, I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> um, is that um, invest in yourself, mm. right? Instead of going for like a fancy chicken burger, you could save that up and get yourself a better mic. Do you okay. know what I mean? I felt like I did that. Did that quite a bit. Like okay. investing in yourself is quite important. That's good. Like if you save up two, three hundred quid, you can do an acting course online nowadays. Yeah, and that's going to go way further than you buying new shoes. Fair. Not literally, because shoes will take you further. Literally. I get you. Okay. Oh my Did gosh. Get a metaphor to walk in. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Tip number three, please. <laughs> uh, tip, 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 number, tip number three. Um, uh, tip number three. Be nice to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be that prick. Don't. Just don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, That's very clear. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a prick. It's just because I've seen so many pricks that are very talented not get anywhere. Oh, good point. But then it's even worse when they are a prick and they get somewhere. But it doesn't last, though. No, really? It doesn't last. Mm, okay, I'll, I'll let you finish. Who, who, who are we talking about? No, we're not talking about anyone yet. Who are we talking about? I'm just saying. Something. Oh, is it him? Oh. Tip number four, Yasa. Shit, I thought he was quite a nice guy. Um, tip number four, be ambitious. Yes. Be ambitious. Like, like, get to a point where you think, okay, cool, that's, that's where I want to be. And then be even more ambitious than that. And be slightly, I think it's J. Cole there, right? Be deluded even. Ooh. Because cause even if you don't get that deluded thought, you're going to get something, slightly, you're still going to get something big. Something big, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You might reach the stars, you might get the moon or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. You're dropping bare lyrics. I don't know lyrics. I'm a terrible lyricist. I'm sure that's not a lyric. That's a bit too cheesy for a lyric. But it probably is somewhere. Yeah. Someone said it. Um, fifth and one. Tip s- number five. Don't buy followers because people will find out. Have you seen bad people who have do nothing? You've got bad followers. Like, where'd you... That's who, so practical. No, but <laughs> get organic reach. Like, I've seen people and you're like... Oh, do you know what? This one's going to be a good meme. I like that one. <laughs> you're going to have Yasser, yeah. a picture of him. Thumbs up. Don't buy followers. Don't buy followers. <laughs> no, but in, uh, when I mean by don't buy followers, like don't, like, don't buy the success. Do the hard work yourself, innit? Yes. Like, put in the work yourself don't try and do shortcuts if you do shortcuts it's never gonna last that's what i'm trying to say no that makes yeah. perfect sense and that is your top five tips for the mainstream Woo! thank you so much yasalan oh, i can't lie i thoroughly love your story like your thank journey you, is so beautifully curated it's so you and um you've you've definitely made some incredible moves which are i'm still re- you're definitely inspiring me so that's well like you said back in the day when we was watching each other like it's definitely helped us both yeah. grow so you still do man what do you mean yeah we are you're here, a big inspiration we are here mia we are here well let them know where they can follow you listen to you all that good stuff yeah man at hello yasa everywhere we don't talk about youtube no more because I, yo some of the videos i have to take down i'll have to show you i'll show you show me the. i'll the... send you the private link joe you're gonna be like this is viral but my gosh everyone's gonna think you're not a good person um he was young that was young uh yeah <laughs> hello yasa everywhere camp selection four to seven weekdays okay that's his sign off thank you <laughs> yeah no that's perfect no honestly thank you yasa for being on the mainstream and uh yeah that's my boy man check go. him out Thank you for listening to the Mainstream Podcast with me, Ramel London. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.